0: We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns.
1: Welcome to another episode of Union of the Unknowns, where we have a special guest on today, uh, Patty T, the founder of a fireworks company out of South Florida, and has been in the industry for over 25 years and has some amazing stories of business, the fireworks industry, and an interesting trip to Cuba. So, welcome to the pod patty thank you for having me we have uh our regulars uh or are, are my the co-hosts as well we have amazing beautiful ashley thank change repeat hello we have our favorite renaissance man Thor.
0: hey how's it going everybody
2: how's it
1: going so so patty thank you so much for coming on uh today and uh so i know you're originally from new york and you started out in the fireworks industry uh well you've done a lot of stuff including working for the government but um so share a little bit how you got started uh in the fireworks industry and then we'd love to we'll move to the current day and uh how it's how business and dealing with the government and how business has changed over the term time. So I, uh,
2: got involved in the fireworks industry, uh, uh, close to 25 years ago here in set in the South Florida market. Um, when I was transit, uh, transitioning in between jobs, um, there was this, uh, ad, uh, in the, in the paper that said, you know, you can make X amount of dollars in like one week's time. You know, being from New York, you see and hear about all these scams. And I said, what? You can't make that kind of money in a week's time. So I said, okay, let me just pick up the phone, call the number. Well, lo and behold, somebody answered it. So I was surprised I wasn't leaving a message. Then next thing you know, um, it was an appointment. I made an appointment for an interview and it wasn't at a hotel. It was at a real company. So that was step two in a positive direction. Um, step three, it was less than 30 minutes away from where I lived. Step four, there was a real person there when I got there. <laughs> so it just um, happened to be a uh, A positive thing, uh, was working with a big fireworks company for a short period of time. My experience was positive. I did make the amount of money that they said that I was going to make in a week's period of time, which was close to $10,000 in, um, in that period of time. Uh, and that was over 25 years ago. So, um, I just continued in that uh, line of business, uh, doing that seasonally. And um, uh, then I got into a situation with that company um, where I felt that their uh, way that they treated their operators were not ethical. And coming from a background of um, doing uh, events, Uh, I just got into that. I started my own business in the fireworks industry. And so from there, I just started doing uh, a few of uh, these uh, locations just for family members for, for like 10 years. And then I went from there to um starting wholesale and from there, I went into distributorship, which is what I'm into now and now I created my own um whole new line, which is targeted towards a uh, celebratory um, holiday uh, line of fireworks, which is like gender reveal, weddings and that sort of thing. I think that's it
1: <laughs> Yeah. That's exciting. So yeah. during that time, there is a there is a period of time years ago when you uh, had your tents. Uh, this was over ten years ago when you had your tents, and there was now one of the things that a lot of the operators do is they'll rent uh, items from different uh, companies, like event companies and stuff like that like containers we rent containers uh for the season and then also uh so that way you're not having to house all this stuff all year right and then another thing they do is rent uh tents now um so what's crazy is is that uh she has a story similar to, like, Alex Jones' story where he got totally railroaded uh, where they had to tell him that he had to pay, like, a, what was it, like, $5 billion for some bullshit or whatever, alleged bullshit or whatever. So, um, uh, so tell us a little bit about that. Uh, why Tell us a little bit about that, uh, Patty, in regard to... Okay, so
2: a little over 10 years ago, um, I was still um, uh, purchasing from other distributors. Um, And when you purchase from other distributors, uh, a lot of these um, distributors resell their insurance To offset their costs because insurance um, for the fireworks industry is astronomical. So to the smaller company who operate these seasonal locations who need seasonal insurance just for the 4th of July or New Year's, they buy these riders insurance riders through these distributors. They pay somewhere between two and $500 to cover them during their operating season of two weeks period of time. So, um, I used to purchase this insurance back then, um, through my distributor. And, um, so one, one year, um, as part of putting my uh locations together uh part of your location since we don't have brick and mortars our store is a tent so we hire a tent company to put up our tent um for storage we have to hire containers uh for bathrooms we have to hire a porta potty company uh for electricity we we rent generators all of this to put together the business so this guy who worked for the tent company, while he was uh, dismantling the tent, which is after our event, okay, when we are no longer operating our business and we are no longer there, he decided to take down the tent uh, using a a, a a ladder. And I don't know who uh, removes a tent with a ladder, a big tent, uh, a big tent. That's not. How are you supposed to do it anyway? But so he falls off of the ladder, hurts his ankle, and um, he sues me, he sues the property owner, and he sues the city in which I'm operating it. So uh, he gave notice. He got a lawyer right after the event. I provided her with my insurance thing. I didn't think anything of it. And then I didn't hear anything. Five years later, I guess that's when the, uh, you know, uh, the end of the time where they have to file a lawsuit or the time that they have to file a lawsuit, I hear, it, I get, of
0: limitations.
2: yes, there you go. The statute of limitations. Um, I get served and, uh, I'm being sued. I'm being sued along with the other parties to make a long story short. Um, I had insurance. My insurance did not not only covered me for product liability; it, it, co- it covered me for just general liability as well. Um, the insurance company decided to make a long story short not to cover uh, this uh, lawsuit because they said that this was a workers' comp case that the that the guy who got hurt should have sued um, his workers' comp. In my opinion that's not the insurance company's job to be judge and um so they decided not to cover the case hence i had to get a, an attorney to to uh cover myself in this situation so i was uh sued my attorney uh wanted me to settle with the guy and i refused to settle with him because I just felt that I was being ripped off. And um, so at the end, to make a long story short, I was sued for $10 million. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that was current day. Like at that time he dropped her because he, because she'd make, she did not want to settle. So he was like, oh, well, I'm just not going to be able to represent you anymore, which was fine, whatever. And then more time went by and more, a few more years or however long it was. Uh, went by and then, uh, what,
2: what really happened was, is that when he changed over and he decided not to represent me anymore, I was there at the court case for that, but he gave the circuit court my wrong contact information. So after that, I was never, uh, noticed for any other hearing. So I missed my hearing to be represented. So I defaulted. So, so then I automatically, um, automatically became guilty to them. And I tried to explain this to the judge and she didn't give a damn.
1: So with the other, so he settled with the tent, you're on mute, actually, he settled with the tent company and then he also had settled, he sued the shopping center as well. So he settled with both of them for like, you know, five grand or $10,000. And so then when it came to this situation, she was in court and because she had a business, she was required to have a business attorney. So she wasn't even allowed to protect or represent her business or herself. Uh, and then so she made her point in front of the jury and, and then just left. And, uh, and then the, the next few days later, she found out that they made a settlement that she owed him $10 million for a guy that sprained his ankle. I mean, I don't know if that was exactly it, but he definitely was not $10 million worth of damage, uh, to him, which was absolutely ridiculous. So, uh, that's one crazy story and just dealing with, um, business and, um, and so, uh, another interesting thing well, is, hold, hold on one sec, Jack. Sorry, so,
3: so Patty actually had to pay this guy.
1: No, this is go. This just
2: happened. It's not even 30 days ago. Oh <laughs> yeah. It's 30 days ago. This just happened that, um, that, uh, the settlement or whatever it is that came to the court,
0: you know, so why the, did want, why did your attorney leave?
2: My attorney. Um, this happened two months ago in May. That my uh, attorney decided that he didn't want to be my attorney anymore because I wouldn't settle. I wouldn't give the guy uh, ten thousand dollars. I refused to pay the guy ten thousand dollars. I was already in the hole for fourteen thousand dollars to my attorney when i shouldn't have had to pay the attorney and then my attorney said pay you should pay him ten thousand dollars and i said no i said i, I i'm not going to pay this guy I, I said i am being railroaded here and yeah. so my attorney withdrew because of that and so then the court gave me 30 days to find another attorney I didn't find an attorney and I didn't get noticed of that next hearing. Right. Because they they had my wrong contact information. So I couldn't tell the judge, I couldn't go to court and say, "Listen, I spoke to three attorneys, no one wants to represent me because they think this case is crazy because I had insurance. And they don't understand how I'm in this position because I wasn't notified. Then the next thing, you know, I get notified personally by the, uh, guy who's suing me's attorney. She sent me an email saying, are you going to go to court today? Hmm. Or I should say in the next couple of days. And I said, yeah. And then when I went to court, I explained to the judge, listen, no one, you, you don't have my right information. I said, I, "I look it up. You're sending me all this all these notices to the wrong email. That's not my email address. Hmm. And she didn't care. And they went on with the case and I said, well, fine. And then I left and then I found out two days later that they ended up, uh, he ended up winning against me for $10 million. And I was like, okay, go find that money tree.
0: (laughs) Well, now uh, you should be able to hire another attorney to see the first attorney for, you know, not, you know, working in your best interest. Yeah. Sue it's him for It's all on. about
2: attorneys. You just have yeah. to keep hiring one more idiot.
0: Also, I think that's the same thing that happened to that uh, to the Ruby Ridge guy. What was his name?
3: Randy Weaver.
0: Randy Weaver. He was supposed to appear in court for some bullshit gun charge, and was never sent a notice because they they didn't have his right information or just didn't send it or whatever and. And then you know, 30 days later, or whatever it was, the uh FBI shows up anyway. <laughs>
1: yeah, good old government not, and he got not, railroaded himself, huh? Yep,
0: yeah, not quite the same same situation, but still.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah, so it's kind of just figuring out what the next steps were. So I was like all looking trying, I was like, Oh, that happened to Alex Jones. So I was trying to figure out what he did. You know, to protect himself because he's been able to continue to run InfoWars and has kept that protected, uh, into what their next steps were, because I feel like it's like kind of, I mean, obviously it's not the same characteristics behind the scenes, but the end result is where t- two companies were being outrageously um, railroaded through the so-called trusted system and, uh, and then how they're able to just go ahead and protect themselves from being, uh, bankrupt by someone who just has an agenda out to hurt somebody. So, and hurt a company.
2: Yeah. There's a, there's a lot to this, you know, these fireworks companies sell, um, these, they should not be allowed to even sell these riders. offset their overhead that's number one they should not be allowed to do that they're not in business to sell insurance policies
0: i'm not i'm not even sure i have have no knowledge of insurance uh workings in that way but uh how can that even be do you have that written into your policy that you are allowed to sell writers onto (laughs) your insurance policy
2: I have no idea. I don't do it.
0: I don't know how that could even be legal. I don't do if-
2: it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: It's like like subletting an apartment. Yeah, you can do it, but it's yeah. you're really not supposed to Maybe. do that. I mean, it's. Uh...
2: Exactly. And so, and the insurance people um, cover up for those companies as well because they pay them so much money for insurance.
1: I guess it's turning around and selling the company that sold you the rider because you weren't protected by something they told you that you were being protected by. So turn around and sue them for the 10 million to cover the, uh, cover the cost.
2: And look at that, in, in 25 years uh, I'm getting, I have an insurance claim, but it, ain't, it isn't for someone who got hurt with fireworks. It's because someone <laughs> fell off of a ladder. <laughs> yeah. and i got and it's a claim for 20 uh for 10 million dollars imagine that that's unbelievable you yeah. know that's ridiculous did we get sued yeah wow what happened a guy fell off of a ladder <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's a little crazy
0: yeah you'll, you're gonna have to appeal it's, that
2: Totally. Yeah. in
0: order to work it out but good good luck <laughs> to you in that anyway i hope yeah. that you get it all wiped out
1: (laughs) so um back in uh may uh was it the end of may early june uh her and i went to cuba and uh on our way into (laughs) cuba uh i was i went through the uh that was my first time by the way ever going through a naked body scanner was in cuba and uh yeah (laughs) because here in the united states we get to opt out (laughs) (laughs) we still have that freedom and uh and then going through i went through customs first and then i turned around and they were not letting her through she did end up getting through but they were not letting her through so uh now she is a direct importer from china and it's a visa right patty Uh uh-huh a ten yeah, year so visa. She, she has a 10-year visa from China. And since she's where, in the fireworks industry, she sells, I don't want to say the other word because that could get us flagged, uh, but she does sell fireworks, things that go boom, legally, and uh, uh, consumer-grade uh, stuff that's legally allowed to be sold in the United States. And anyways, so uh, she got stopped at the border now. A lot of people here in the United States don't get stopped at the border, but she did get stopped at the Cuban <laughs> Cuba border. So Patty, tell them a little bit about that. Like what happened when kind of questions or whatever, I was like, what the hell's going on? Oh, yeah, that
2: was like really strange. You wanted to know what my religion was and wh- what, what religion I practiced. And I, and I, I looked at the lady, like she was weird. I was like, you, you want to know what religion I practice? And I really gave it to her then. So I was like, listen, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. He is my savior. He is my redeemer. Then she started looking at me like I was nuts. <laughs> and then she goes, okay. <laughs> you know." And then she let me through. But she was asking me, what do I do before then? That was like the last question. And then I was like, um. What do I do for a living? And I said, I, you know, uh I, I own my own business, but the religion part just totally threw me off. I was like, what the hell does it matter? Who, you know, what, what kind of question was that? So I think once I went off on her about the religion part, um, they, she kind of let me through. She said, uh-oh, this is a real kook. Let her in. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They were like, who are you traveling with? Are you here by oh, yeah, yourself? That? And I said, I'm here with a friend, right?
2: And, and then they also asked me, why are you here? And I said, I'm here to just visit the country and support, you know, um, some people here. I brought some food and um, things like that. But it was just really crazy questions, stupid questions. And then when she I, got through. Thing, yeah, the religion thing just really... St- Stuck in my head
1: <laughs> when uh, when she got through, I was like, "You didn't tell him that it was me that you were traveling with, did you?" I was like, "Don't be giving oh, well, my name up." Yeah, of course, Jack. You didn't tell him it was me, did you? <laughs> so, do
3: you think it was directly a result of of having the Chinese visa, or do you think it was like a random kind of check that they do? throughout or what do you think triggered that i have no idea
0: i would i would have guessed that they uh ask you those kind of weird questions to rattle you a little so if you're trying to smuggle something in you'll get agitated or forget your line that you've rehearsed as you're supposed to be thrown
3: off balance yeah Yeah.
0: so trying to trap you into tricky and the it, it,
3: it's not my first
2: time being stopped you know so uh i'm i'm one that gets stopped quite frequently mm. so i'm used to that kind of but the religion thing <laughs> just like threw me off i was
1: like what <laughs> plus in her former life she worked for homeland security so yeah, know, <laughs> she- great Yeah. Tell me about it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm happily retired
1: (laughs) from that. Yeah. 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 So coming up. um, So we all know the story behind, uh, and I'm not sure if you guys know this, but there was a chief of police and that's the chief of police for miami he basically runs like miami uh fire department and he ran miami, the miami police Ramirez. Miami County, yes miami dade county and um not miami the city kind of like new york the state new york the city it's you know in new york yeah whatever so um anyhow so uh he ended up going to a police convention with his wife in Tampa from Miami, which is like four hours, huh?
2: A sheriff's convention.
1: Sheriff's convention, yeah. And uh, the result of that, him and his wife got into like a big argument. And the result of that is uh, he pulled a gun out and threatened to shoot himself there. And then, had allegedly uh, put his hands around his wife's neck at the sheriff's convention and had him, had her against the wall. And then the police were called and uh, for the Tampa police. And of course he, he did not get vapor acted nor did uh, he go to jail for the night because of his position, I'm sure uh, allegedly. And, um, and then his wife was like at that point saying, no, everything is fine, you know? So we mm-hmm. all speculated as to what it was about. So there was a couple of rumors going around. One was that uh, he had a boyfriend and the other was that he had a girlfriend. So mm. uh, the, the the more solidified speculation is a girlfriend. But after I saw a video in his little Twitch I suspected that he, uh, he still had a, he had a boyfriend cause why else? Oh, and he was running for chief of police, uh, for Miami Dade, And, um, and so through that, uh, uh, during that process, like right after that, um, anyway, so that was just like this kind of conspiracy. So Miami outside of Florida within itself, but Miami in general is just highly corrupt, uh, and there is a, they talk about on their website about how they're super ethical and they're all about ethics and all this crap. You know, when they're talking about all this bullshit, they're the exact opposite. And so through that process, so this happened after the 4th of July, but during the 4th of July, do you want to share a little bit about that, Patricia? Like what happened and, and like just the harassment that, uh, we all received, Yeah, sure. So let me just
2: backtrack a minute just to give you a a little bit more of understanding about what happened to him. Um, Once he left that place and and no one uh, in authority did anything to protect his wife or himself, they left Tampa uh, and headed toward Miami and he shot himself. So he shot himself in the head on top of all things.
3: whoa whoa whoa
2: um so and then yeah there were these rumors you know that it was over a a a relationship with same sex a relationship with a woman whatever still to this day we we don't have any um real news and of course we're never going to know the real story (laughs) i'm sure but um I was already reaching out to him um, uh, because he is the head of Miami-Dade County Public Safety who is over the fire and over the police division. Um, So this 4th of July, um, uh, we have had a horrendous harassment um, at all of our locations. And in Miami day we had six locations this season. And, um, when, after you get permits, you're supposed to be inspected because you're, it's like you're opening up a new business. So they're supposed to come out and make sure that you have your permits and you have, you know, your fire extinguishers that you're selling, you know, the right, um, Fireworks and everything else, right? Um, your exit signs, your no smoking signs, yada, yada, yada. So they come out and they do not one inspection, not two inspections, not three inspections, not four inspections a day. they do maybe three to five inspections every day for four to five days. Now, when you get something, um, when you have to get a, a permit to put up your fence or to do some plumbing in your house, does the inspector come out more than once? Does he come out when you do a fence to say, okay, he checks your fence, and then then he comes back three hours later to see if you moved your fence? Does he have another inspector come out to see if you changed the color of it or made it higher or shorter just to triple verify that you did the right thing and didn't change it after he approved it or how about if you're doing plumbing, you know, and you put your toilet bowl in or whatever, and you, and you, he, he, he says, okay, you passed this, does, does another, does the chief plumbing inspector come back out to check, to make sure that you didn't put another toilet bowl next to that toilet bowl <laughs> or, added a bidet or a urine thing a urinal i don't think that happens but to us that happens
3: okay patty so is this uh sorry to interrupt i just wanted to clarify a point is this something that happens to you i'm sorry no, don't
2: say sorry. Interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. oh okay, okay.
3: Yeah. Is, are, so do <laughs> they do this? Do they do they treat you this way every summer or the or they normally would do like the one-time inspection, but then this summer it changed and you were being harassed. So,
2: I will tell you that um there are times that um things get crazy like this. There are seasons. Okay. That, um, we haven't been treated like this in years. Okay. And then what happens is we, I have to hire attorneys. I have to have uh, meetings. It costs me thousands of dollars. I have to make a big stink and go sit down with the officials. And because this is violations, yeah, of, of our rights.
3: And so, so what, yeah, what seems to be what seems to cause the, the change? Is it dependent on someone like um, the head of police or uh, the uh, police chief or whatever? Does it depend on like who who was in office at that time, or or what what affects that? Do you, do you know? Do you have a theory?
2: So I do have a theory. So we we have change in staff now. So now, uh, you know, there's new staff. You have a new mayor, and they ha- and you know. So now there's there's staff changes. So now we have to come and you know sit across the table with with the with the other staff and bung them in the head and say, listen, mm-hmm. dude. You're just not going to get away with this, but you know, I'm at this point in at this point in time that we've already sat down with Miami-Dade County on two other occasions for this type of behavior in the last 10 years. Okay. And so this is now going to be the third time. So now I'm saying to myself, I think this is lawsuit time. I don't think you know. This is you know. Uh, you've 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 done this once. You've done this twice. Now you're doing this again a third time. This is repeat behavior of raping my I don't know what my is but business well, I
3: would I would say your small business that you started from the ground up you yeah. know your yeah. livelihood yeah the other question do you so you said you feel that this is specific to your industry, like the fireworks in the area, and maybe because of the seasonal nature, like maybe they feel like you're a little bit of an easier target, would you say that's accurate?
2: Um, I don't think I'm an easy target, and I don't think that they think I'm an easy target. They know that I'm not, uh, some people uh, have been around just as long as me, Um you know, some of the inspectors, they've been inspectors and then they've, uh, been, uh, you know, they're up in the ranks now, they're chiefs and whatever else. So they know me from back in the day and they know that I'm gonna, um, fight for my, for myself or my employees. I'm just not gonna let them treat my, my people like that. Um, so and they know that i just speak my mind and um and that i'm going to come in there with my attorneys cuz that's what i do i'm not going to you know just take their shit
3: yeah well the reason i was wondering is if like if it was specifically small businesses in the area or specifically fireworks businesses like you and other people or is it just you that they seem to be harassing or like just your your, uh, places that they're okay. harassing.
2: So, um, being in the fireworks industry, I know a lot of people, so they're not, they're not going after the big guy, bigger guys than me. Mm-hmm. They're not going after the TNT. They're not going after the, um, what's the other company's name? Phantom. Uh, they're Phantom. not going after Phantom. They're not going after them, so um, there. So I'm the next. They, biggest, really, are they? Yet. Are they
0: behind it? Then are the big guys behind this effort oh, to push out the little guys?
2: I think so. Uh, there's a lot of uh, hearsay that they are. Hmm. They're the ones so I, that that kind of uh, you know. Um, throw around a lot of money out there, especially during um, election time.
1: Hmm. Wow. So I I was just going to say, so just back in 2019, there was a law that passed in the state of Florida. And Patricia can talk about an earlier law where they grandfathered certain businesses and not, but in 2000, no, in 2020, there was a house of representatives that created this law that basically said that uh, people could buy, sell, like companies could sell and consumers could buy and use uh, aerial consumer grade fireworks during the 4th of July New Year's and I think like for Christmas Eve or something like that. And then when that law, it got passed in the House of Representatives as that. So basically companies like Uh, Patricia's um, and other tent sellers would have been able to sell consumer grade aerial fireworks. It's not in addition to the consumer grade sparklers that they like fountains and regular sparklers and stuff like that. But however, when this bill got to the Senate, it got changed and it got changed to where only consumers could release I I, maybe it was by as well, but they definitely could release consumer grade aerial fireworks. So they would be able to purchase it from companies like phantom and TNT and another company galaxy, which is like five hours away from South Florida. um, And release those fireworks, uh, be able to purchase those and release them, which eliminates everybody else from being able to do that legally. Well, that's so we feel like
0: corruption right there.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so we feel like Phantom and uh TNT and especially Phantom, they have lobbyists, right? They work with lobbyists and stuff like that. And so our belief is, now we don't have a factual statement on this, but allegedly, and our belief is is that Phantom or TNT, I have a feeling it was Phantom, but that they uh hired their lobbyists to get them to change the law. Right. That would benefit yep. them. Yep. So I bet you Sorry, that was Patricia, it. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 Jackie. I, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, the, they, they all know who I am. You know, they, they personally, the owners of these companies, they, they know who I am. Um, I'm, listen, I'm not trying to compete with them, you know. I'm not a. I'm not a TNT. A TNT is a national company. Phantom is a national company, you know. But this is my backyard. I live there. Phantom. The owners of Phantom don't live in South Florida or Florida, and neither do TNT. So, you know, uh, you know, uh, they should just back out and back off, (laughs) you know,
0: (laughs) good luck with that.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) One thing that big, big organizations, including the government governments really hate is competition. So anything they can do to squeeze that out is just going to happen.
2: Yeah. Well, that's okay.
1: I squeeze back. (laughs) so they create laws to create criminals. Yeah.
2: So, right. you know, and um so and I made it known, you know, it, you know, these people uh, the fire people um and nobody knows what the laws are in Miami-Dade. They think they know what the laws are. Like speaking to the to the guy that's taken the place of uh the guy who shot himself, I asked him do you know what the fireworks laws are? He said, I don't need to know. That's why I have police and fire. I said, really? You should know. I said, well, let me tell you what they are. Anyway, Jackie was telling them what they are. So, you know, I said, people are going to be blowing up shit all the time because they're allowed to. So don't get, don't be getting mad at me you know, the statute says that they're allowed to do it. I said, the problem is, is that it's every other state or somewhere else is making the money on the taxes. And I said, you're not letting us sell it, you know, so that you can make the money. I said, that's your ignorance.
1: Yeah, and she said that they should be focusing on teaching about safety. Right. And safely using these fireworks instead of sitting here trying to silence the businesses. It's the same thing that happened during the vid. Stupid is you know. Thing when they were trying to force people to get vaccinated that they um had fine businesses who like when i when i would go to the cigar shop it was like if we were sitting down we were allowed to have our mask off and smoke our cigar but if we were standing up we had to wear a mask and then There were some nosy people that were driving by (laughs) consumers complaining to the code enforcement people because I guess they felt like the vid only spread when you were standing. But as long as you were sitting down, it was like, oh, I'm going to stay attached to you. It's not going to go anywhere else.
0: Yeah. It's it's hilarious. So they
1: put enforcement on the businesses to enforce, you know, and to enforce the people. Even, you know, and even Patty had... You know, did what she needed to do for the tents and asked us all to wear masks and stuff like that. But, you know, me, sorry, Patty, I couldn't comply. Hey, I kind of wore it. That I was I like, for what I bullshit. had to do <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Yeah, she did yeah. what she had to do. Put the signs out. Walk this way. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh my god, this is such bullshit. But I was like, whatever. Here's a stupid sticker down. <laughs> if people don't feel comfortable walking to an outside tent because nobody's wearing a face diaper then that's on them and they're welcome to like whatever but those were some of the best years that we ever did why because we didn't have the government competing with us uh, where people had to go out and they actually spent time with their families and didn't deal with major traffic and stuff like that and let their um, own fireworks off at home and we weren't competing with the government who lets off, you know, obviously it's nice that they do this, but the taxpayers pay for it for these free shows. And it's great because it's still different than what we sell personally, because they sell 1.3, which they have to have a special license to be able to let that off. Um, Cause they go up higher. It's, you know, gorgeous and stuff like that. And, um, what, we sell is the 1.4 consumer grade legal fireworks. So, but it's what just is, kind of crazy.
0: What is the 1.3, 1.4 signify? It's,
1: it, go ahead, Patricia. You're the expert. Uh, oh, 1.3 is a professional
2: fireworks to explain it. That's Disney world type 1.3. Uh, yeah. 1.4 still can go up in the air, but it's not professional grade. It's consumer grade.
1: It just has more powder. It's a stronger. It goes up higher. The breaks, like the break in the sky, is a lot bigger, and it's so that way people can see it from further away. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> that's the difference. Yeah. Just, but what's just in-
0: a, a designation number? Like it, it doesn't represent some like uh, ounces of explosion of, yes. of explosive yeah, per or something.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's just a
2: it's more powerful. Yeah, 1.3, yes, definitely um, has more uh, grams. It's over a 1,000 uh, grams as opposed to consumer, which is like uh, less than that. I
0: got you. Yeah. yeah.
2: So
1: I mean, last. One, you know, <laughs> that's like dynamite, so. So last season during the 4th of July, um, we did get targeted this year. They did a sweep in Miami where there was a lot of tents and stuff like that, that got targeted for Miami. Uh, TNT did not because we sell to some operators that operate TNT tents and we sell them other stuff that they're wanting to sell, uh, separately. Um, and then they did not get harassed. They, the inspectors came one time to them and that was it. Um uh but last season uh for for New Year's no one even came out to inspect my tent and I mentioned that to all these uh officials alleged officials as well for Miami-Dade County in our meeting this past week um but then for the 4th of July uh last season I did have an inspector come out a couple of times and then it was uh, New Year's or something like that. Before that, I had a guy come out and one of my uh, workers had said, Jackie, there's a guy over there taking pictures of the boxes and taking pictures of the products inside the tent. And so when I saw him taking pictures of the boxes, there was just empty boxes laying on the ground. And I was like, you know, can I help you? And he's like, yeah. He's like, um, uh, and Tri- Patricia had just happened to call me at that time. He's like, yeah, I'm, you know, with ATF. And, uh, he had kind of flashed a badge, but I was, it was so busy and I was just getting a truckload in of more, uh, consumer grade fireworks and putting them in my truck and, um, that I had for storage, uh, well, not my truck, but the container. Um, and then, uh, he had, and then I put him on the phone with Patricia. So I just thought that was weird. And then when she called ATF, they're like, no, we didn't send anyone out. So that was really strange. And then after that, then we had the last 4th of July where I had someone come out a couple of times. Uh, And then, and I was like, you know, whatever. Uh And then after that, we had these individuals come out. Shit. I was going to. Oh, yeah. And then. Patricia, tell them about the person that was sitting out in front of the office.
2: Yeah, so um, we are being targeted because they're—they are, um, you know, they tried to say that, that um, they're doing this sweep for safety, and they said you see it on Channel 10 News, and I said, yeah, no, no problem. I understand sweeps, um, but sweeps do not mean that. You go in and do an inspection, and then an hour later, another inspector comes in through, you know, and does another inspection, and then another uh, two hours later, another inspector comes in. That's not what a sweep is. And then you do that for four and five days continuously. And I and they try to say, well, you know, uh, we are we were doing training. I said, and what did you train? any of my inspect, any of my operators because none of them were trained on anything. And, um, they didn't have an answer for that. So, um, I then asked them, well, out of all your sweeps, I said, were you able to, did you confiscate anything that was illegal from any one of your, any one of these tents that you uh, went and <laughs> was, uh, inspecting? No. So, uh, that was the other thing. And then they said that they were, oh, please, uh, uh, Patricia, we're not targeting you. Uh, we did this to everyone. And I said, really? I said, so let me ask you this question. Why was there someone sitting out in front of my showroom? two weeks before the season started in an unmarked car. And I said, who caught me off guard, I came out, he rolled down his um, window and started asking me these questions. And he was a police officer because his radio was in, was in his car and he was taping me on his phone. And I just, I just, you know, was startled. He said, don't you answer your uh." Uh, questions when you get, uh, texts on your Facebook page. And I was like, what, you know, of course we answer our messages. And then I saw the radio, I go, what, what did you text us or something that we didn't respond to you? And then I saw him with his other hand, with his phone, like he was, like he was taping me, you know, recording me. It, It was just really strange. And um, so during the meeting uh, or after this meeting, I made them uh, aware that we are going to um, start recording all of these uh, inspections.
3: Great idea. Great idea.
2: That they, um, so that there's no question about what they do when they come into our, into our stores if you want to call them stores, into our tents, um, and how many times they come in. Uh, because one of our locations, believe it or not, the the lady um, complained about there was a helicopter over her tent that was... Was um was like scanning her tent, watching her tent, like what going over it, and they were telling us, uh, no, we don't have any record of that. And I was like, listen, the lady's not gonna make up a lie. You were there three times in this di- in this day, and then next thing you know, early that evening, there was a friggin' helicopter over her tent.
1: Like they use, they use helicopters to catch people speeding on the road. Like they're not going to use one for that. You know what I mean? And then my friend, she had a police officer sitting in front of her tent for like four hours, uh, just sitting there watching. It was just kind of crazy.
2: Twice. Do you imagine? Yeah. I mean, the money that they spent for what, for what? And we're talking about entourage of, of, um, officials, five and six people coming in
1: at a time. And they showed up to my tent, uh, to the one that I operate. Um, and I wasn't even really able to be there the whole time, but they showed up and the inspectors came each and every single time and everything was fine. And then all of a sudden they were like, oh, um, don't, they told, this is what one of the inspectors told me. Oh, they said, don't leave, stay there because we're doing an investigation. And so when they came back, they, that's when my cousin had called me and they were like, oh, well, we saw that you had, you know, fireworks and, you know, aerial fireworks, um, going out, or then they said illegal, illegal fireworks and going into the sky. And I was like, you know, we don't sell illegal fireworks. We sell 1.4 consumer grade fireworks. And then, uh, they, I was like, whatever, I'm on my way there. And when I got there, you know, they had the arson police with the chief of inspector, the, um, the, the fire inspector along with the arson police. Right. And that was allegedly to like educate people. Then they were like, you know, (laughs) well, we wouldn't want to have to arrest people for breaking the law. So not only that, but we are being threatened with loss of our own personal minimal freedoms that we even have right now. Right. And, uh, so you know then they were like well we know that we saw fireworks inside of your truck and i was like i don't know what you saw but you allegedly saw something he's like no we did i said well you can say that you did i say alleged, and i don't know what you're talking about so yeah what kill
2: well <laughs> so they, so they issued my company with a citation
1: we weren't issued with a citation there. They sent it via email and you okay, actually, yeah. <laughs> they sent it via email and then they had one, um, certified delivered <laughs> to Patricia <laughs> at her business. I uh, can figure out where you work then. And so, and, Oh, wait, uh, hold on, Patricia, we go ahead. Selling
2: illegal fireworks. And then I said, uh, we, no one, no one told us, uh, no one confiscated anything. If we were doing something illegal, wouldn't they don't? It, wouldn't they take it away?
1: Wouldn't you what think? Were you, what were you about to say, Keel?
0: I, I'm just if if they claim you weren't at the place and they claim that illegal fireworks are being sold from your location, does that imply that uh, some of your the workers there are? selling fireworks without your knowledge that are that are illegal like under the table or something
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, i have no idea
0: that's
1: a great question well i asked
2: them to show me um uh what what was the the, pictures yeah to show me proof of you know they've yet to
1: send that through through discovery
2: yeah discovery is the word i'm sorry
1: and then they were like oh we do have video footage and then all of a sudden patricia she's like jackie it's your location i was like oh my gosh and i had so much anxiety i was like i didn't even look at it for a week because i just hate dealing i was like this is too much so i went looked at the video before our meeting and i was like um oh my gosh, that's not even, has nothing to do with even our tent. Our tent is like in the background, but it was of this poor, poor guy. guy who what rushed in to uh, get some fireworks from us. And uh, apparently so from what he hit another car cause he got nervous. Cause I guess he saw the police there and he got nervous and started <laughs> to back out and hit someone's car. Cause it came to find out this poor guy's license was suspended. And my cousin said, after we left, he got arrested. I was like, Oh, that poor guy. <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> it, it was an unknown consequence of us being, of, of them being there for us. And the, one of the arson cops had seen the accident. I was like, Oh my gosh, that was awful. That poor guy. He was like he was (laughs) oh my gosh yeah it was just kind of crazy so it was an absolute crazy season so uh, we're hoping that the goal is to be able to work together with you know with them that they just stop harassing us and just allow you know us to just have a smooth business experience i'm assuming i
2: I wonder what they do to stripper clubs to people who own stripper clubs
1: Well, in Miami, as long as they pay them off, um, they're left alone because that's the standard in Miami. Yeah. Are you kidding me, Patricia? Back in the night, like in the, I don't, I mean, it's a long time ago. Let's get
2: some owners of stripper clubs
1: on here. I want to know how they get the cops to leave them alone. I I mean, I know someone, but that's in Georgia. But, anyways, so he owns one of the largest strip clubs out there. But, um, but in, Uh, Pink Pony, yeah. I know the owner of Pink Pony. So, uh, not from going into Pink Pony. It's from a cigar shop. Oh, come on.
0: (laughs) No shame in the Pink Pony. That's a great place.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, back in the 90s, like I had friends that worked clubs and stuff like that and worked the doors and everything. And on South Beach... um, a, a club would only get raided when they stopped paying the the police off. When they stopped mm-hmm. paying the police off, so the police were the mafia. They're all, oh, we're here to protect wow. your business. I
2: know. I as re- soon see, as, I'm not going to pay nobody. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. I'm not telling you to do that, obviously. No, Patricia, uh-huh. you would never do that. You didn't want to pay $10,000 to a false claim. So you're definitely <laughs> not going to be paying off some the popo. So yeah but anyways we're coming up on our hour uh patty is there any last thing that you'd like to uh share or close out with
2: no i just wish that you know uh yeah it was a different world sometimes that people were just you know um yeah i just don't feel like um the, the government allows people to operate their businesses um to make money. Everybody wants control over everything.
1: And this <laughs> is coming from a normie. <laughs> yeah, so, all right. Um, but I will say that if you do have a gender reveal that you're having to come up, you can go to amazing gender reveal. Uh, what is it? Amazing gender reveal.com. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, for that, Yeah. So, all right, uh, Patricia, is there anything, uh, Kiel or Ashley, any last thing you guys would like to ask or throw in there?
3: No, I think this was pretty comprehensive on my question about, you know, what she's been going through. And um, that's really, I mean, it's terrible. And I do think that the government is um, the most punitive to the small to medium business. Um, so I hate that you're going through that, but I do appreciate your time, um, coming to talk to us about what's been going on with you. And it was nice to meet you officially. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Yes, definitely. Good, good to meet you and, uh, good luck in all of that bullshit you're having to put up with.
2: Uh, (laughs) It's everyday life. Yes. like
0: Ashley was saying, you know, that's, uh, that's rough and, uh, I don't know. Hope, hopefully you can. I don't know. Get a get a uh, lobbyist of your own one day and and get all that stuff straightened out at the at the top level.
1: Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks Patricia. All right, take care. Have a wonderful all weekend. Right. Bye. All right, Bye. everyone. Thank you for listening into another amazing episode of Union of the Unknowns. Uh, we are excited that you continue to tune in. We truly appreciate it. And we'd love to know how much you appreciate it by joining us on rockfin.com. And you can find that link at unionoftheunknowns.com. Please follow us on Twitter. If you ever want to speak with Think, Change, Repeat, you are able to get to her through Twitter because she manages that, uh, And then you can follow us on Instagram as well as Facebook. Um, And then you can uh, just please subscribe to us on Spotify. If you'd like any access to our uh, bonus episodes. And we do have some unknowns that will be doing their own individual unknown. I am not going to give you the name. That is up to them to release it when they are ready. But you have to subscribe to our newsletter if you want to stay tuned to anything new and exciting that Union of the Unknowns is going to be releasing. Again, check us out. Subscribe to us. Let us know that you appreciate us. Support us. We really need it at unionoftheunknowns.com. Thank you, everyone.
2: Have a great day. Bye now.
1: (laughs) Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks.